Hi, and welcome to The Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here. And before we get into the show, I want to invite you to visit jennifermilius.com forward slash start to get free resources focused on helping you get your book and message out into the world. Choose what resonates and take steps towards being seen and heard, showing up at the table, owning your space, and sharing your book and message. And now let me introduce to you Tamson Horton. Tamson Horton is a licensed attorney, published author, and dedicated advocate for out-of-the-box entrepreneurs. With her extensive ex expertise and unique perspective, she helps entrepreneurs protect what matters most to them, time, money, and relationships. As the author of Easy as PB&J, Share What You Know, Make Money Doing It, and Open for Business, Entrepreneur Stories, Tamson shares practical insights, success stories, and entrepreneurial ideas. Her books have inspired and guided countless individuals on their entrepreneurial journeys. Tamson's impact extends beyond the pages of her books. She founded PBK, Preneur Business Club, an entrepreneurial community specifically designed for online business owners. PBK provides valuable resources, coaching, and a supportive network, empowering out-of-the-box entrepreneurs to thrive in their businesses. Recognizing the need for simplified business and legal tools, Tamson created Bizzlebox, a reliable and user-friendly toolbox for entrepreneurs. Bizzlebox equips entrepreneurs with templates, guides, and resources to protect their most important assets, enabling them to focus on what they do best. Let's dive into the pond and meet Tamson. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you my friend and business mentor, Tamson Horton. Tamson, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I am thrilled to be here. Anytime I get to chat with you, it's always fun. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. And we're going to play off of your, your legal hat, but I know you wrote some books. So how did you get into writing to at least get your books moving? <laughs> so yes, I am an attorney by trade. I have been running my own businesses since 2010 when my oldest son was born. And somewhere around, I believe, 2014 or 2015, I basically figured out that a book is the new business card. And a book can travel to locations that nothing else can travel to. And so I took some of my content and transformed it into a book and made, gave it a really goofy title and tossed it up on Amazon. And sure enough, the book has traveled to places that only a book can travel to. So yes, that is, I did not set out to be an author, but realized that writing books is still one of the best things, both from a business standpoint, but also from just an enjoyment standpoint. You know, I love going into bookstores as I'm sure most of your audience does. And every time I'm in there and I look around and I'm like, every person in here did not believe the myth or untruth that like that's already been written about or that's already been done because bookstores are huge with all kinds of stories. So between my husband and I, we have now written and published three books. That is awesome. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. What are the names of your books? <laughs> 
So the original book was called Easy as PB&J, Share What You Know, Make Money Doing It, which is what I did as an attorney. I did not enter the field of big law or a traditional legal career because when my son was born, I decided, oh, I actually want to stay home with this adorable child. And so pre-pandemic and way back in the ancient year of 2011, when I took what I knew, turned it, you know, made money doing it, that was easy as PB&J. So it was written to inspire people. And there's a metaphor, like a, you know, when you throw the exercise, which I don't know who it's credited to, but having someone blindfolded and someone else trying to tell them how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so going through every one of those steps is kind of where it came about. The second book, my husband wrote basically as stories for our kids based on their childhood. And it was called, You Get to Wipe a Poopy Butt. It is a fabulous, fabulous book for dads. So he called it, You Get to Wipe a Poopy Butt with, there's a very cute, picture of a baby with a diaper on the front and memorably messy tales for dads. And then the latest book, which you helped me with, thank you so much, was during the pandemic. And Jen is part of my community called Preneur Business Club. And we had all been running digital businesses when it wasn't the it thing to do, you know. And so we took almost 40 stories, I believe. It's like 38 or 39 of our member stories. And we put them into a book called Open for Business. And it was those individuals sharing how they had basically done easy as PB&J, which was taking their area of expertise or excitement or passion and had turned it into side incomes, full-time incomes, retirement incomes, you name it, incomes. So open for business was the first one. I love that. And it was so fun working with you for open for business too, because it really was a neat experience to see everyone's stories coming into play and seeing the commonalities, but seeing the differences. Mm -hmm. And, but because all of us were coming in from a business hat, some, uh, some contributors weren't, they had never written a book. This was their mm -hmm. first opportunity. And some had been writers in some capacity. And so this was another foray into it. But mm -hmm. one of the things you did, which I thought was really cool, was that each person who wanted to contribute, they still had to agree to terms. They needed to agree to a guest contributing type of mm -hmm. uh, legal term. And it was an intentional piece because what it did was it the way I view agreements is that they are healthy boundaries. They're basically a way to say, this is how we'll interact and saying, you know, and if we set them up up front, we are, we're on the same page mm -hmm. when things are, are on, on the right page, when we are in a good space. So that if for some reason things aren't in a good space and we have to go back <laughs> to them, they were already done up front. And, you know, so I'm curious, I mean, I, Knowing that, I mean, to your point, being a lawyer, it was, a, I am a lawyer. It was an easy step to make to say, if I'm going to yes. have contributing authors, I need to set these parameters up. But one of the things I've noticed about sometimes on author websites is that 
they may not have all the proper website terms or purchase terms if they're selling things from their site. And I would love for you to talk about that, please. Like why they're love. Why are they important? So a little bit of foundation for your listeners. I never intended to become an attorney. I became an attorney from my experience in the business realm, working with attorneys. I was on the corporate, the business side, and the lawyers frustrated me to no end. We'd come up with great ideas and then we'd run it to legal and legal would be like, no, 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 no. So I said, what do I have to do? They said, go to law school. I said, okay, I'm going to law school. So I am a person who became an attorney because the attorneys were driving me bonkers working with them. So everything that I approach and the lens that I view everything is from business. And then what's the rule that travels with it? So I think that's a really important to keep fact to keep in mind, especially just listening to when I'm talking about things, because we can always achieve the business purpose. We can always arrive at the results. However, if we don't take care of legal, we might not get there in the condition or at the speed with which we'd like to. So I have said for years and years, every business decision has a legal impact. We would like to keep them positive because whether it's a positive or a negative impact, it's still an impact point. So when I was running the terms, when I'm you know putting together websites and policies, all of it is important because there are laws that allow me to keep my car, keep my home, keep people away from my car, keep people away from my home, keep people out of my business. Like everything that we have in the world that we are all living in, a law created a boundary. So somewhere it matters. There are times that you're like, okay, that's ridiculous. I totally get it. However, when I look at the whole of life, I appreciate boundaries and I appreciate laws. So when we come in the digital space, because the barriers are so low, I mean, you have a phone, you can run an empire from your phone. It's so easy. The barrier, as long as you have Wi-Fi, the barrier to entry is so low that I think people forget that there are really important consequences to be thinking about versus if you were opening a bricks and mortar business or writing a book, you know, in a traditional way, you're having to drive somewhere to get a permit, drive somewhere to do this thing. And so I think we recognize, oh, there's important stuff I have to do, or they won't give me the key to the building versus, hey, I went on GoDaddy. I paid $2.99. I got a website. I got an email. I got a this. I got a that. I watched a webinar. The person said I could make seven figures by tomorrow morning if I just sneeze into the right tissue. Poof. What do you mean legal? No, I didn't. I didn't run into anything legal. Uh, yeah, I know you didn't. And that would be the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that is, and as Jen can attest to, I, I speak in metaphors. I do everything in metaphors. That's how I can remember them. So everything that I do and anytime I'm encountering or working with people, it's like digital has just made it super easy. It's also made it feel in a way invisible because you didn't actually have to go file, you know, business documents with the bank to get the key to open the building, to sell the book. You just said, 
poof, I wrote an ebook, which now with chat GPT, you know, you can pretty much just think the thought in your brain and it's going to publish it to Amazon, you know, at the moment. So yes, websites are incredibly important because you're interacting with people. You hopefully are gathering up email addresses when people come to your sites. Terms, you want to have what I call playground rules where just like a business, no shirt, no shoes, no service. There's a reason they have that on their doors. They do not want naked people coming into their business, okay? You guys are never gonna forget this talk. Those terms are our, our own playground rules because we wanna make sure. So yes, when I invited 38 or 39 people to write a book, I had to make sure that the book stayed property of my business. Even though all 38 people are dear friends, I have known many of them as long as I've had my business. So over a decade for some people, but I need to make sure, you know, whatever it is, good fences make good neighbors, that you're contributing a story, but you couldn't come back and say, oh, well, you included my story. Now I want a portion of the profits or now you uh, you can't sell that or you can't market or you whatever, whatever it is. When I put 38 people into a product, I needed to make sure that I stayed in the driver's seat and that they were all happy people on the book bus. If we use another metaphor, like they were all had a seat on the bus. I was in charge of where that bus was going to go. And to that point, <laughs> but when you're, when you are the contributor in something like that, mm -hmm. are you clear with the thing that you have contributed? Can you repurpose it after a given period of time? So you might encounter a situation where you've contributed into a book or you've contributed into a webinar or what have you, or an online summit. And then it might be, and after a period of 30 days or after a period of the book has been published for six months or what have you, the content that you have published, you may repurpose elsewhere and it's not an issue. Or you might even say it might be, it's okay if you've published it before and you publish it in my book, or mm -hmm. as soon as you pub give it to this book, I can, you, the author or the contributor can use it again. Some might say, no, we want fresh and new and exclusive. And so you mm -hmm. want to be clear for yourself just as much. So when you view an agreement mm -hmm. as this is supposed to help me too, Yes, typically the the business is look is it's probably more 60-40 in a sense, but still you have some skin in the game. You want to feel yeah. like you understand that. And then when you are the person, when you're the business, the author hosting a website, mm -hmm. your those playground rules are saying, Did I collect if I said I was going to collect your email, did I tell you that what I was gonna do with it? Did I mm -hmm. tell you that this was going to happen or now with the cookies everywhere? I mean, really everywhere. I mean, oh. that's something too, because when people say, well, just by looking, you've accepted, then sometimes people might go, well, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think that that might be okay anymore, but I'd love for you to talk more about how a writer can think through the pieces for their site or what they can do to make sure their digital home is just as secure as if, or, or getting there as they mm -hmm. may feel at their own home. Cause it's the same principle in the sense of this is my it digital is. space. It is very much. I think the best way is one, know that it exists because just knowing, oh, 
I actually put doors on my own physical home or I have a lock on the door or I don't just let anyone in off the street and be like, oh, come on in, you know, yeah, I, you know, made some cookies, whatever, come have a seat on the couch. Like none of us are going to do that. We, people would look at us like we were crazy. So one, just knowing they exist because then you can start finding your way to the solutions. Now, please, please, please do not go looking for solutions at midnight with Google because as I, my metaphor that I have used for over a decade is when you're gathering up privacy policy, terms, disclaimers, disclosures, cookie notifications, that those are the big things for your digital home, which basically is answering you know, questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how. That's really all the law is constantly doing is answering those questions and then putting them in a document, sometimes in teeny tiny font, but yes, that's what makes it important is you know doing stuff like that, is people will say, oh, well, I went to that person's site. I, they've got their business. Like they totally look like they know what they're doing. So I'm just gonna copy theirs and put it on mine. No, that is no different than walking down the street and being like, hey, you got a spare toothbrush? I forgot to brush my teeth this morning. Can I just use yours? I'll give it, you're like, you can keep it. We'd never share each other's toothbrushes. You don't know where that mouth has been. You don't know where those germs are. That is no different than your digital home, folks. If you're copying and pasting, yes, a lot of legal is templates. It is. It absolutely is. Please also don't solely do this with ChatGPT because ChatGPT has definitely proven it gets it wrong when it comes to legal stuff. Um, a couple of attorneys who actually submitted stuff to a court based on citations of cases that do not exist. Chat GPT literally made them up. And these attorneys submitted it as a legal document to the court. Totally. Uh, that's a whole issue for another separate podcast. But a lot of it is templates, which is great because if you find a source that you know, like, and trust, you can get your templates, customize them to the needs of your digital home, and then put them up there. They're not a hugely, you know, big deal. They're a big deal when you don't have them, but you don't need to go to your nearest mahogany filled granite clad legal office and have like a six hour dissertation on what policies you need for a website. It's not like that. You need them. They're important. Guess that you need them Two, no like and trust source and three, just get it done because then it's taken care of. And unless you change something, it really just lives as an undercurrent until you make a large shift in your business. But if they're not there and you do something that triggers legal for any reason, it is a game of freeze tag. So whatever's on your site is there. Whatever's not on your site isn't there. And it's when it's either there and you've copied from a location that is customized to someone else's business so now you've taken on liability that wasn't yours in the first place unknowingly, or two, you didn't have the coverage that you needed, or you have nothing. None of that is fun to get out of. It's all fixable, but it becomes expensive. And to your point, I mean, it's one thing to start with something too, but it's also important to say, okay, 
I, as the, the person running this business should, mm -hmm. and therefore, and an author is running their business, mm -hmm, they should, much. so they should be saying, okay, yes, I, I have these terms, but mm -hmm. go have somebody in your state who can look over what you've put together mm -hmm. before you just go put them up on your site too, to make mm -hmm. sure have you really covered everything for your particular state? Or do you, yes, you use this template. Do you really understand just because it is a, a solid template too, you still need to understand it because yes, you're doing the right thing by protecting and it's on you to understand what mm -hmm. you are issuing. So <clears throat> even yes. if you are, you know, you're going to be on a podcast and maybe the host doesn't have terms is that okay i mean what would you say tamson uh for anyone except an attorney like myself i know when i show up on someone's podcast i know me i know i'm not going to come after them i know i'm not going to cause them any grief i typically will send them a copy of guest contributor agreement and be like hey you don't have this you're gonna need to have it here's all the stuff filled in it's coming you know i and that's usually the ding, ding, ding. Holy crap. I didn't know I needed this stuff. Anybody else? There is no way I would appear on anyone's anything these days without a guest contributor agreement in place. No way, no how, never going to happen. And that is, as I tell people that are in PBK, you know, they, they get invitations all the time. Like people want them to be in their programs or in their books or on their podcasts or their YouTube or their blog or their seminar or their summit or whatever it might be. And I'm like, the first thing you do is say, I would love to explore that option. Could you just send me your guest contributor terms or your guest instructor terms? And 99 out of a hundred times, it'll be like, oh, sure. We'll, we'll get those right over to you. Meanwhile, underneath the you know water, they're like, Crap, I didn't even think about what do, do we have those oh my gosh we don't have those I guess we should get those um so yeah I wouldn't I would not bring anyone into my business without clear like you said it's expectations the best contracts are never ever used that's the goal truly of a contract never need to use the sucker because it was clear going into it yes I can use your podcast yes I can slice it dice it and as long as it remains true to the character you know you're not making someone say something that is wrong or defamatory or stuff like that but if yeah you can use 30 second clips yep you can turn it into a tiktok yes you can put this excerpt wherever it might be so yeah there's no way I would touch none of you should be doing anything without terms on both sides of the equation. So if an author is selling their books from their website, they're not going mm -hmm. through the third party, like I'm sending everybody to Amazon or you know, bookshop.org mm -hmm. and letting the third party handle a royalty situation and handle the mm -hmm. payment and handle all of those parts. If the author has decided that they're going to sell directly from their website and fulfill the order in some way, even if they are selling through a speaking engagement, like they have an event and the book is coming along with it. Do they need to have some special elements that you would recommend to 
make sure that that's zipped up? Yep. If you're selling straight from your website, you should have purchase terms somewhere right by the purchase because even things just as basic as someone wants to, who knows, and I, there's too many, we're not, we won't even go into all the what ifs. Okay, easiest one, refund policies. Purchase terms with your refund policies. Purchase terms with shipping charges laid out if they are included, not included. A lot of people now when they're writing books have media access points where they're directing you back to the website to log in or sign up for something that comes along with the book. You know, lots of books are like, hey, inside the book, use the QR code or inside the, you need expectations for what you are doing with the book. And if you are speaking somewhere and yes, everyone gets a copy of the book, then you want agreed upon pricing. You want delivery date for the books. You want um, any extras that are going with. As I tell people, think through the worst case scenario. If you, play, if you think through what is the worst thing that could possibly happen or could go wrong, and then just drop those down and be like, okay, now let's take a look at my document. Does this kind, does this cover me? You can always ask in your, you know, I'm sure you guys are all part of author groups or author forums. You've probably seen some whoopsie-daisy scenarios or some oh crap scenarios. Those are great opportunities to think through, ah, okay, that happened to her, but what if that happened to me at that speaking engagement? What if my books didn't show up? Or what if all the books that I gave out were missing a chapter or who knows? And, so, to, yes. and to your point, I mean, if it's a speaking engagement, there are also parameters, not just with the book, but what you'll do on the stage. Mm -hmm. So, and what you won't do on the stage. Mm -hmm. So you might be allowed to talk about your work or talk about a service and you might not depending upon what that host needs for that audience and yes. so you want to think about all of those parts and pieces and really in my opinion you're thinking about them as separate entities that need to work together but mm -hmm. the speaking engagement can can stand without books but if books Absolutely. are a part of it they need to be uh, they need to be working together and <laughs> even if you said I'm going to go to my local bookstore and we're going to do a book signing and maybe it's something where the bookstore says you get 80% and I get 20%. Well, that's starting to look like that's a term that's being agreed to. And even if they say, as soon as we're done, whatever it is, we settle up right then. That's another part of that agreement that has been put in place. So would you, could you agree with that? Or could you expound upon that? Probably the easiest thing is to do, when would I not have an agreement in place? Never. I, you know, actually my kids were selling it at a lemonade stand in the front of our driveway. Maybe then, maybe then I'd be like, okay, we don't need terms as we're taking, you know, Venmo at the end of the driveway for lemonade and a book. Anytime you are interacting with another business, you're interacting within your own business. Your storefront is your website. Your storefront is your slightly it's it's different on social media because if you're selling on Instagram or you're selling like through DMs and that kind of a thing 
you're triggering all those third-party platforms. And despite people, you know, copying and pasting, like, I don't give Facebook permission. You're on the platform. You gave permission. So if you're selling an in, in DMs or whatever, you're, those terms are going to supersede your own, which is fine. There's really not huge deals at the moment with that. There really isn't. But I would never not have a document in place because people are crazy. And people, when money is involved, they do crazy things that sometimes make no sense. And is it a US dollar price? Is it a Canadian dollar? Is it the retail price? Is it the price that you get if you were to purchase the books from Amazon? There's so many factors. Is it before tax? Is it after tax? All of that you want to be working with people who are thinking through those things. Just know if you're like, oh, we just love each other. And it's going to be great. It's going to be the best thing ever. You just bring your books or you just show up here. You've triggered probably no less than 50 legal impact points. And I like to stack the odds in my favor. I'd like them to be win-win for everybody. So yeah, I would never not have an agreement of some sort in place. That's the thing. Like even when you are processing something in person and maybe you're doing it through Square or PayPal or what have you, you can set up your receipt to say, these are the terms. They went back mm -hmm. to this website. You don't, you're still Absolutely. communicating what those are. You're still saying what those are. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody says, Hey, if I don't, if, if I've done this now, what? communicate them. And as long as you feel good about that, that's also, you need to feel confident with whatever terms you've set up. Mm -hmm. But what I really hear you describing is having a team in place so that you as a writer, it does take a village. We, I, it's come up so many times on this show before. And so many times that village is thought of in the context of, I need a book designer or a publisher maybe, or an editor or an illustrator, depending upon what I've been writing. But in the same breath, part of that team you need somebody who understands taxes and bookkeeping. You need a lawyer. You need to have a legal resource to help you with those parts and to and understand how those work together. If you have an event that's outside of your area, mm -hmm. just understand what that looks like. And do you need something special? So if you need to have separate conversations, you do so. And you get a contract of something you're excited about, like a publishing agreement. That's great. You still want to have another set of eyes look at it so that you feel good about what you're signing because mm -hmm. it, yes, it should be a win for them, but it should be a win for you too. You should feel really good about that. What would you suggest to writers where they want to get started and make sure that they're building a really strong infrastructure for their mm -hmm. website, for their business? How would you suggest that they get started? Well, you're spot on with infrastructure. That's exactly what it is. You want to build anything. You want to go camping for the weekend. That tent has infrastructure. You want to build your dream home. It has infrastructure. I have always said, again, every business decision has a legal impact point. I created, um, so you first and foremost, you want someone you know, like, and trust and can get a hold of. Because like this weekend is a great example. People that have, I've been in my world for a long time are like, They'll send me a message. Cam said, oh my gosh, I have the best idea. I'm going to do da, 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 da. And then I, I calmly will be like, okay, that's great. I'm so excited about da, 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 da. Now, data triggers this. 
you know, this triggers that, this, da, da, da. So I, what I call it, it's business box. It's business and legal all boxed up. I added the tagline for out of the box entrepreneurs. So you want a resource that you know, like, and trust that is incorporating the decisions you're making as an author. You are a business owner who happens to sell words or sell editing services, but I'm a business owner. I sell legal. Like I am, we all are. We're businesses. Your business is in the business of words or what things that travel along with words. Um, so I love Bizzlebox. I'm incredibly proud of Bizzlebox. Jen has used Bizzlebox for years, but even if you're not using something or using actual Bizzlebox, you need a resource that, like she said, it's part of the team. That is why I went to law school. It's why I have ended up, lo I've loved being a lawyer because it's the rule book. It gives me the infrastructure to be, oh, this is what I want to build. Great. I don't want the top floor of my empire to collapse because I didn't put a basement in. Like, I am all for it. Let's put in a solid foundation. Let's put in the correct plumbing, the correct wiring. That's the stuff that holds everything else up. So I am completely biased. I say you start with something like Fizzlebox and use Fizzlebox, but there's lots of other people out there that have the same similar stuff as you need a legal infrastructure. That is done through the lens of business decisions. I, I totally agree. That makes your, sense. <laughs> yeah, well, and to your example about the the home putting together, I mean, you do need the piping, you do need the electricity, and you would like that to all be done before the drywall goes up, and then yeah. until you go, oh wait, I did we mm -hmm. miss something or that wasn't done completely, and then you have to do rework. And yes, you can, but if you knew or you could make some adjustments earlier to make them a bit smoother it's a lot easier to rip out even when oh. it's first when you're first putting things together or when it still feels a little bit more skeletal than when it feels a lot more fully furnished and fleshed out so but you still can make adjustments it's just yeah better to do this it will be yeah it is when you do it right the first time and when legal is concerned there's definitely right ways and there is wrong ways for sure. But with even within the right way, there's different degrees of doing it right. And I, I'm i actually living through a home remodel at the moment. We had all of our flooring redone, put in back in 2020 and come to find out they didn't do it correctly. So it was, we did everything right. We moved out all the furniture, we you know put in everything. And then about six months, eight months later, we discovered they didn't do the job that we hired them to do. So can they fix it? Yes. Are they fixing it? Yes. But in a result, I have now had to do this process twice. I have had to take everything out of every room, find locations for it, find locations for the dogs, go and stay in a hotel, like all of these pieces. So doing it well at the beginning or when you become aware of it. Because I know somebody's gonna be listening and gonna completely panic and freak out. Please do not panic and freak out. The law does not move that fast. 
thank goodness. But now that you're aware of it is the perfect opportunity to be like, oh my gosh, okay, I am going to take on getting just the privacy policy done correctly. I'm going to pour the foundation. We're going to make sure that the correct electrical is in the walls. We're going to make sure the correct plumbing is in the walls. What too often happens is people are they're having too much fun picking out the wallpaper and the throw pillows to realize there's no floor or there's no, like this whole thing. I'm glad we will get you the most adorable throw pillows ever. I promise. However, we got to do some basic stuff, which isn't that exciting. I, I get it. Totally get it. Legal is not the most exciting thing, but legal is what makes those cute throw pillows stay cute throw pillows because you have a roof and you have windows and nobody can come and steal your cute throw pillows from you. So as someone who is living through it not being done correctly, can it be fixed? Yes, but it is, it's a heck of a lot more expensive for this company because they didn't do it correctly the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And it is annoying as all get out for our entire family mm-hmm. having to spend, you know, it's going to be a good six weeks of really, we already did this once. We got to do it again. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't recommend it. Hanson, I have loved this time as always with you. I always have a good time with you. Thank you so much for sharing with our listeners because I, what I really want people to take away is to your point, when you know something and you can take this and to start taking steps, it's just another piece of the puzzle to put Mm -hmm. in and say, okay, how can I do this so that I have a strong presence, a strong business and feel good about the things that I'm doing and It also offers a form of street cred, a a form of safety for people to approach you. So where can people connect with you? Where can they get your books? Where can they be a part of Bizzlebox if that's what they want? So I'm very easy to find on the interwebs. I am Tamson Horton on all social media. Website is TamsonHorton.com. Bizzlebox has its own home at Bizzlebox.com. But everything is easily connected in my world you can even just google tamson horton attorney and i should be number one on google because i am the only tamson horton attorney currently (laughs) in the world of or in the realm of google so that is the best place to get started and really they've gotten started because they they're listening to you they're following you they're in your realm and all of you are so incredibly fortunate that Jen takes the time to shine a spotlight on issues like this because very few people do. Very few people get jazzed about talking about like legal and agreements and contracts. And the fact that she is so thoughtful and proactive, you guys are, they're, they're fortunate. They're absolutely fortunate because this is part of everything else that is in their world. So you should get tons of thank you notes. Send a thank you note to Jen. Tell Jen, thank you so much 
for just telling me that like there's there were some legal things I should probably be aware of. <laughs> thank you so, so much. I am thankful that you are in my world. So thank you. Feeling is mutual. Thanks again for listening today. I'm so glad you were here. I'd love to hear what resonated with you from this episode. So connect with me on Instagram at author Jennifer Milius and let me know. Your book, your message, your body of work is worth sharing. And you are the right person and the only one who can share it. Keep writing and keep putting yourself out there because the people who need to hear your message the most are waiting for you. They are waiting for you to step up to your next level of genius so they can have the impact they're meant to because you inspired them. I'll see you soon.